This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Trump administration is inching along with its efforts to modernize the decades-old security clearance system. The Office of Personnel Management recently published what it's calling a Federal Personnel Vetting Corps Doctrine. The doctrine explains the administration's philosophy behind planned efforts to modernize the credentialing, suitability, and security clearance processes. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to explain what's in the doctrine and why this all matters. And I guess my first question, Nicole, is will this survive next Tuesday, the doctrine? I think it will survive next Tuesday. I say that because this has been really well in the works for some time. I think there are some members on Capitol Hill. There aren't many that pay attention to security clearance modernization. One of them is Mark Warner. But there is some cohesion here between what Congress is interested in, what the administration is working on, and frankly, what industry groups want to see from these efforts. And so I do think this will survive past Tuesday. But what they've put out here is really what they're calling the philosophy behind some of the security clearance modernizations that they've been talking about for the past year or two and what they hope to work on in the future here. Got it. And I guess in some ways, this is a soccer ball that's been kicked down the field by a couple of administrations now. I mean, it's not like it started a couple of years ago. So what is in the doctrine and why is it important? I think first I'll give a little bit of background on the doctrine itself. We did have a sense that this was coming, although, you know, speaking to a few people who pay attention to this stuff, I think they were kind of surprised to see it come either because they had forgotten about it, quite frankly, or again, because attentions are divided at this point looking at the calendar. But defense and intelligence officials that we spoke to, wow, back in December 2019 at this point, had said that there were three key policy directives that were going to kind of push the administration forward on security clearance modernization and an initiative that they're calling Trusted Workforce 2.0. We've talked about this one before, Tom. Basically, it's an effort to completely reimagine the way we establish trust with federal employees and contractors and people who do business for the government. And so this core vetting doctrine was actually one of the three policy directives that the administration had been looking to push out there. So finally, a little over a year from that December 2019 point, they have published it. And the doctrine describes some of the values of a quote-unquote, successful personnel vetting system. It describes what they'd like to see from information technology, a risk management standpoint, but also generally what they think the clearance holders or those who have suitability determinations, what they'll get out of it, what the agencies will get out of it, and how this should all work in general. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. So what did you feel were the important takeaways inside there? So for me, one interesting point of the doctrine is a discussion of a mobile workforce. And essentially, they say that a successful personnel vetting system should support one. And what they mean by that is the idea that something that we see in reality all the time, which is you're in government, you have a security clearance, you retire, then you take a position in the private sector and you still work for government in some capacity in your quote unquote retirement. And in some cases, you know, there's not a lot of ease of security clearance transfer when that happens. 
So really what the administration and hopefully the next administration will want to see in the future here is a situation where you take your clearance with you to different jobs. So you have the clearance with perhaps the Defense Department, you retire, you go work for Lockheed Martin, and you take that security clearance with you. And there's not this lag time that industry really experiences while they're waiting for you to again go through the security clearance process. That's something that they would like to eliminate, and they're hoping that this kind of future state trusted workforce 2.0 would establish that and allow that kind of seamless transfer to occur. And also, if you would go from agency to agency, that would travel with you also. Yes. And industry groups have said, you know, that's a struggle as well. It's a concept called reciprocity, where if you have security clearance with the Department of Homeland Security, the steps, the criteria that you've had to go through to get that clearance at DHS, well, you know, what works for DHS really should work for some of these other agencies as well. And that's really been a constant struggle. I know the Intelligence National Security Alliance has talked about a loss of labor hours, contractor labor hours, because of these, you know, refusal by agencies to accept security clearances from one or the other. It's almost like they're taking a FedRAMP approach for security Mm -hmm. clearances. If it's done at this agency, it's good enough for that one. Yeah, that is actually a pretty good analogy. All right. And what else is in the doctrine? So the doctrine also talks about the idea of using really clear and consistent criteria to grant trust to someone. And trust doesn't necessarily mean a security clearance. It could mean, you know, a credential to use an IT system, get in and out of the building. That's generally what we're talking about. But security clearances, I think, are the big drawing point for people here. But generally speaking, the doctrine says there really shouldn't be any unique criteria for specific agencies here when you give out trust determinations. Really, we all should be on the same playing field. And again, this has been another, I think, pain point for industry over the years is that agencies handle it in different ways and there's not really a clear sense of what works for one should work for the other. So again, that's another philosophy that the administration talks about. One other one that I would mention, Tom, is the collection of information. And this is interesting given how the administration has been moving to things like continuous evaluation and continuous vetting. They want it to be really clear what kinds of information are going to be collected on an automatic basis from clearance holders, from those who have uh, credentials for the government, and that the clearance holder or federal employee has an understanding of what that information is, and they understand how collecting that information will benefit them and the agency. And so I think this is going to be an interesting direction, too, that the administration wants to move toward. And just to be clear, this is a policy, a statement of philosophy, if you will, a doctrine, but it's not a rule yet, or there's no rulemaking associated with it. So, no, it was published in the Federal Register, and I believe, you know, you can submit comments to this. But I think the administration views this as something that they will put out on a semi-regular basis. They actually said they want to look at this doctrine review it every five years or so and perhaps make updates if there are kind of changes in thinking. But generally speaking, I think they put this out as a sense of, okay, this is the direction that we're moving in in some of our specific modernization efforts. And here's what that looks like. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, 
If you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Hi, I'm John Henney, fourth generation owner of Henney Jewelers in Shadyside. When it comes to shopping for a diamond engagement ring, be sure you're getting the very best value. Before you think about purchasing a ring anywhere else, please stop in to Henny Jewelers to compare. Our friendly team will make you comfortable and never pressure you. We are confident we'll help you find or create your dream ring at the absolute best value. Stop into Henny today or go to hennyjewelers.com to make an appointment. Henny Jewelers, we're your jewelers for life.